The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you get your podcasts. Introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra. Its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. With cord-out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick-dry padding is Under Armour's fastest-drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before, you need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome into Stack in the Box. I am Matt Verderam. Normally, I am alongside Josh Hill, but he is not in today. He was at the Bears-Buccaneers game, so he, being a Buccaneers fan, had a rough afternoon. I, however, have been working at the fan-sided office all day, as I do every Sunday. And so there's a lot to get to this week. The Thursday night game was great. It was highly entertaining. The Sunday slate wasn't a great slate of games, but it was intriguing uh, the way it all shook out. There were some games that featured an AFC team and an NFC team that had a surprise ending. Some cases had a great ending. We had a very surprise call by a coach in overtime that cost the team a game. So there's really quite a bit to look at. Uh, And as always, what I'll do is I'll go down the list of the Week 5 games. There's 15 of them. The Bears and the Buccaneers uh, have bye weeks. But I'll go down, I'll pick the winners. Obviously, we don't have uh, Hill here to join me. uh, But I'll go down all those games and kind of give my viewpoint on each team as I go along, you know, talking about what happened in week four as well for any of the new listeners. So the first game that we'll talk about is New England and Indianapolis. It's a Thursday night game, the game's at Foxborough. But before we even get to that, I want to look at Week four Sunday slate in particular, and touch on a few things that caught my attention. One, there are some teams winning ugly, and I think for the most part, that's okay in the NFL if you win ugly. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, people take away on style points in the NFL, and they should because it's hard to win a football game in the National Football League. And so uh, I look at Tennessee, for example. Tennessee. They're not going to wow anybody. They play a very ugly style of ball. They're good defensively. They're a tough team. They want to pound the ball. They don't have the weapons outside. Mariota's a a decent quarterback, but I wouldn't even characterize him as good. He's certainly not great, although he did play well against Philadelphia on Sunday. But they muddled that game up. They played a very defensive style game, and Mike Vrabel's done an excellent job with that team. They've gotten the most out of their abilities, especially with Mariota being in that lineup. And they're sitting at 3-1 and one now. A gutsy overtime win over Philadelphia. They went for four down conversions numerous times in overtime. They found a way to get it done. Corey Davis with the game-winning touchdown in the final seconds. Uh, 
give Tennessee a lot of credit. Are they a Super Bowl team? No, the Titans probably aren't a Super Bowl team. But they're going to win games this season. They are the type of team that every week people are going to pick against them, and every week they're going to find some ugly way to either stay in it to the end or flat out win. So I, I have a lot of respect for Tennessee. Now, another team that won ugly that I am not as high on because, of, frankly, the roster should be playing better than that is the Chargers. The Chargers have got to play better than they have. And I don't buy into this idea that they're just unlucky, that they need a better kicker. They do need a better kicker. Caleb Sturgis stinks. He missed both extra point attempts that he had. He missed a field goal opportunity. Granted, it was a long field goal, but he missed it. Yeah, they need a new kicker, but they're not unlucky because their kicker stinks. They had a bad kicker going into the season. They've had bad kickers for what seems like ever. Fix it. At some point, get it right. They could have signed Dan Bailey. Where were they on that? And so look, the Chargers ultimately beat the Niners. It was an ugly game. Both teams had turnovers and big ones at that. There were some big special teams plays. And look, ultimately the Chargers won the game. And the Chargers are at a disadvantage, it feels like every week is either they're actually on the road or they're at home on the road because 75% of the fans at the StubHub Center are rooting for the other team. But they've got to do better. You need to see better out of the Chargers. If they can barely beat C.J. Beathard and the Niners, that's a problem. Tennessee, I give more of a break. They're playing better, a better team. And they're not as talented as, as L.A. is. So I think it's different. That said, Chargers, they won the game. They go to 2-2. Two and two. But that's my takeaway from the week four Sunday slate of games is that winning ugly is okay, although in some cases it's more acceptable than others. Now, Week 5 begins on Thursday night. The Pats at home against the Colts. The Pats are favored by 10.5 points, according to Jeff Sherman. Usually we get these odd lines off of Odd Shark, but they don't have them up yet as we're recording this during the Sunday night football game. Uh, Pittsburgh and Baltimore, of course, going. uh How do you make a radio ad for an 8K TV that conveys the feeling of 33 million pixels with over a billion shades of color hitting your eyeballs? This is the best we can do. Samsung Neo QLED 8K. Unreasonably good. Uh, against each other in that matchup. Look, with New England and in Indianapolis, this is plain and simple. If New England plays even remotely up to standard, they're going to win this game. The Colts, uh, they are fighting hard. They're playing hard. I think they believe in Frank Wright. They believe in the program. We'll get to right here in a second. But they're just not talented enough. The defense stinks. T.Y. Hilton's not going to play against New England. Luck was finally fantastic against Houston in their 37-34 loss in overtime. He threw for well over 400 yards. Also, the ball 60 times, uh, which is concerning. It says they can't run the ball and they can't play defense. They're trailing all the time. But uh, give, give Luck credit. After three really subpar showings from him, coming off that shoulder injury, kept him out all of last year, he played well, just not well enough to win the game. It was no, through no fault of his own. As far as right goes, for anyone who didn't see it, look, the Colts and the Texans were tied 34 apiece in overtime. There was about 40 seconds, maybe 30 seconds in the game. It was fourth and four, the 43-yard line of their own. And Indianapolis sends out the offense. Looks like they're going to go for it. Call timeout. Okay, they're going to bring the punting unit on. No. They come back out with the offense again. They throw a quick pass. It would have been a first down if it was caught, but the throw was low. The coverage was good, and the pass was incomplete. Next thing you know, the Texans hit one big play down the seam. They spiked the ball three seconds left, and boom, game-winning field goal. And the Colts find themselves 1-3 and and in the basement of the AFC South. I think New England wins this game big time. New England throttled Miami. Tannehill had 100 yards passing. They looked terrible, by the way. That game to me was more about Miami than it was New England. 
New England did not play great offensively in that game, despite scoring 38 points. They, you know, Brady threw a pick. Uh, in fact, I believe threw two picks. They did not look particularly good in that game. But they were able to get the job done. Uh, and, and defensively, they did look very good. That has to be said. Defensively, I thought New England, easily the best game they've played uh, to this point. He did throw a couple of picks. Sonny Michelle had 112 yards on the ground. That's huge. They're going to need that, uh, especially with Rex Burkhead on IR. The one big issue, though, that they still have, the receivers have to scare the Dallas out of here in New England. Okay. Philip Dorsett's leading them in receiving as far as that position goes, the wide receiver position, at four catches for 55 yards. Cordell Patterson, uh, he had three catches and 54 yards. Now, one was on a busted coverage. It was a 55-yarder. And if you're saying, well, I thought he had 54 yards. Yeah, that's correct. So he had two catches other than that for minus one yard. Uh, and Josh Gordon had two catches for 32 yards in his debut. Uh, the leading receiver was James White, eight catches out of the backfield for 68 yards and a touch. So... New England look, had to get the win, and they, they got it, and they got it in grand fashion. They pummeled Miami, who looked anything but an undefeated team. Uh, we'll get to them a little bit more later. But take New England and take them big in this game. I would be absolutely shocked if this is a competitive game midway through the third quarter. I just simply do not think that Indianapolis is a good to hang in it. Okay, so that's the Thursday night game, which is not is not nearly as sexy as the previous one where we saw the Rams and the, the Vikings just bombs away all day long. Going to the Sunday slate, Baltimore at Cleveland. Now, Baltimore is in action right now as I'm talking. Currently, they're leading Pittsburgh 14-3, to although if you watch this game, Baltimore should have been up in this thing by 21, 24 points. They fumbled at the one-foot line in the second quarter with Alex Collins. Flacco missed a touchdown. The Crabtree would have walked in from midfield. Uh, but in any event, Baltimore is a one-and-a-half-point favorite on the road to Cleveland. It is kind of an interesting game. Cleveland... With Mayfield on the center, they can score. Okay, they they hung 42 points up on Oakland. That, that said, they turned the ball over four times. Mayfield threw two picks. He fumbled the ball away twice, and the defense gave up 45 points. I like Cleveland's defense. There are some people saying it's one of the best in football. I'm not on that train. I think it's I think it's okay. I think it's improving, uh, but ultimately, look, they they gave up just a truckload of yards to the Raiders, who I don't think scare anybody offensively, at least not too many teams. Um, but the the Browns, with Mayfield through 41 passes, 295 yards, he completed 21 of them, a couple touchdowns, like I mentioned, the two picks, the two lost fumbles. Um, but the Browns ran the ball 208 yards on 6.7 yards a carry. Here's the problem. The Browns are not going to run the ball like that at all against Baltimore. Baltimore has a very good front. They're very physical. Okay, this is where I expect that the Ravens' defense is going to give Mayfield some problems. I think the Browns are an interesting team. I think they're fun. I think they're better for sure. But I think this is a tough matchup for them. And I think Flacco, look, he doesn't scare anybody either at this point in time, although he is finding that deep ball connection with John Brown has been excellent uh, as a a pickup from the Cardinals and free agency. But give me the Ravens in this game. I'll swallow the point and a half. I think the Ravens are the better team. In fact, I know they're the better team. I do respect Cleveland. I wouldn't be shocked if Cleveland won this game. But I think it's a very tough matchup. I don't think Cleveland's putting up a lot of points this game. And while I don't think Baltimore's scoring 30, I think they're going to score enough. So I'll take the Ravens, uh, despite what happens here against Pittsburgh, unless, of course, there's a rash of injuries or something that hasn't happened yet. 
Tennessee minus three at Buffalo. So this is a second road team already we've seen here that is favored. Look, the Bills give them a lot of credit for beating Minnesota and really pummeling Minnesota. It was 27 to nothing for Minnesota tacked on a garbage time touchdown. Great win by the Bills. This week came back to earth. Uh, got beat 22 to nothing. It was an ugly game all the way around. Like Josh Allen, I'm not going to pile on the kid. He, he played horribly, but he, he has no chance. He was sacked seven times by Green Bay. Okay. He was 16 33 for a buck 51 and two picks. My, and, and a loss fumble. My biggest concern with Allen is there are times where it's just basic football. Get it out of your hand, get it away. Throw it the ball 10 rows deep for all I care. And there are too many times where he's scrambling around, he's running around, and it turns into an enormous sack. He lost 64 yards on seven sacks in this game. Now, okay, you see it averages about to nine yards per loss. I mean, nobody's dropping back nine yards, okay, consistently. Maybe the rare seven-step drop or something. But by and large, Josh Allen's not dropping back nine yards. He has to stop moving backwards in the pocket. Now, all that said, the kid just has no chance. The, the Bills have nobody offensively. Okay, it is a who's who of garbage in the receiving column. Here's, in fact, here, for example, here are the nine players that caught a pass today, or, or that were targeted, I should say. Seven guys caught a pass. Nine guys were targeted for the Bills by Josh Allen. Charles Clay, Zay Jones, Kelvin Benjamin, Jason Kroom, Sean McCroy, Andre Holmes, Kari Lee, Tywan Jones, and Robert Foster. I'm just going to say, who the hell is Robert Foster? Who is Kari Lee? Who's Jason Kroom? Okay, my point is not to crush the Bills here. My point is to say that Josh Allen, you cannot judge this kid off. I, I did not like him coming out of college. I think he's too inaccurate. He turns the ball over too much. But it's not fair to judge Josh Allen off this. Now, all that being said, look, I think Tennessee's going to go up there and win. Buffalo has not been good defensively either. Rodgers threw for almost 300 yards. He did throw a pick. He was only 22 of 40. They, the Packers did run the ball effectively, though, 141 yards on the ground and a touchdown. I don't think Tennessee's going to blow Buffalo out because I just don't think Tennessee's capable of blowing too many teams out. But I'm not kidding when I say Buffalo may not score a touchdown against Tennessee. Tennessee has a really, really good defense. I don't think people understand quite how good it is. Jarrell Casey is one of the best players in the league, and a lot of people have no idea the guy exists. Their secondary is excellent. Kevin Byard is an all-pro safety David Dory Jackson and Logan Ryan and Malcolm Butler on the outside. Tennessee can play. Tennessee is a good defense. And I think they're going to walk out of there as the most underwhelming 4-1 team in the history of the sport. But it doesn't matter. 4-1 is 4-1 no matter how you get there. So I think they'll win the game. And I would take them as the favorite. I would swallow the three points. Carolina hosting the Giants. Carolina is a favorite by a touchdown in this game. And I like Carolina a lot. Look. The Giants just aren't that good, okay? Manning has been dissipating for years at this point. I don't think that's a big secret. Anyone who's watched them knows that. They lost 33-18 to to the Saints. And Manning, you'll get his numbers. Oh, hey, 31-41 with a touchdown. Yeah, he threw 41 passes for 255 yards. You're not winning like that. And by the way, and I think he's going to be a really good player at some point in his career, Saquon Barkley, doing nothing. 10 carries, 44 yards. He did have a touchdown. Give him credit for that. And he caught six passes for 56 yards, but the explosive plays have not been there. Um, he, you know, he'll have one big play in the game. Today it was a 28-yard uh, run. But then it's just a lot of dinks and dunks. Now, I'm not saying the kid's not talented. I think he is really talented, but they don't have the infrastructure up front to help him do what he's got to do. Now, meanwhile, look at Alvin Kamara. 
19 carries, a buck 34, three touchdowns on the ground. He had five carries, 47 yards. It was just a big day for the Saints and for Kamara. Uh, and the Saints, give him credit. Look, they fell behind 7 to nothing. They just put the game away systematically as it went on. Manning was sacked three times. He was harassed throughout. The Giants just can't block. And, and their front seven stinks. Flat out. Their, their front seven's not good enough. You're not going to win games when you sack Breeze one time. And you're just getting gassed. Introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra. Its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. With cord-out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick-dry padding is Under Armour's fastest drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before, you need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com. Cash for over five yards of carry. You're not going to win games like that. It's not going to happen in today's NFL. You need to be able to create pressure without blitzing, and you need to be able to you need to be able to take away the big time the, the chunk play. Can't do it. Uh, so I, I think I think the Giants are in trouble, and the Panthers are coming off a bye. They're going to be healthier. We'll see if Greg Olson can play. That still seems like a little bit of a stretch, but we'll find out more this week. I just the, the Panthers, much like the Titans, nobody talks about them. Kind of under the radar, even though they've been more successful. Look, they've made the playoffs, obviously, Super Bowl a couple years ago. But I think they kind of go in. And look, I, I get it. Cam Newton is not the most impressive passer to me. He's a great athlete. He's a good quarterback, but he's not great. But McCaffrey is a really good player. The Panthers cause a lot of problems for you. Uh, and they're going to run all over the Giants. Especially coming off that week off where they're going to get some rest. They're going to get their heal. They probably would have liked their bye to be more like halfway toward the year. But they get it when they get it. I think they'll win the game. McCaffrey, by the way, if you're wondering, 271 yards rushing already this year on 5.9 yards per carry. And he's got 157 yards receiving on 22 receptions. And here's the amazing thing. McCaffrey has 22 receptions on 26 targets. So if the ball's thrown to him, it's a catch. Okay? And on 22 catches, he's at 10 first downs. When he gets the ball in his hands, does a lot of damage. And I expect the Panthers to be able to handle business. I don't know if they cover. I can see the Giants with like a backdoor cover in this game, but I think the Panthers win it. So give me Carolina to move on to 3-1. and one. The Jets at home this week against Denver. Now, Denver has not played yet. They play on Monday night. They host the Chiefs. They look to get to 2-2, two and two, or 3-1 and one rather. Excuse me, they're 2-1 now. The Jets played Jacksonville this week. Didn't go well. Uh, they had a long layoff from the previous Thursday nights. They had a week and a half to get ready. Didn't matter. Uh, the, the Jets were lost in the game. Their offense just frankly doesn't have a lot of punch. And I think what we're seeing here is if the Jets' defense doesn't create some points, create some field position for them, they're not going to win. That's what happened week one. The Jets forced a, a bunch of turnovers against Detroit, and they, they turned them directly into points. The special teams was excellent. It just hasn't been the case since. The Jets just can't move the ball. And for an example of that, look, Jacksonville is a great defense. Nobody's arguing. Jacksonville's defense is tremendous. The problem is Darnold's a 17-34 for a buck 67. Okay? The Jets ran the ball for 34 yards. You're not, you're just not going to win. And again, and they're not the Bills, but the, the, the weapons are just non-existent. Bilal Powell, Isaiah Crowell. Isaiah Crowell had four carries for no yards. 
Four carries. For, he could have gotten on the line of scrimmage and just fell over and had a better day. The receivers, Quincy Nunez, Jermaine Curse, Chris Herndon, Robbie Anderson, Jordan Leggett, like, it's a bunch of guys. There's no number one in there. There's no even a real good number two in there unless you're really a fan of Nunez or Anderson. It's just a bunch of guys. And the Jets, if that defense can't get it rolling, it's, just, it's not going to happen. Uh, now, that all said, Denver's offense is nothing to write home about either. Jake Butt, the tight end, went to a, a walkthrough this past week. And in the walkthrough, Torres ACL. It's the third time he's had an ACL. Terry's out for the year. He's placed on injured reserve. The Broncos don't have a ton of offense, okay? Keenum's already thrown five picks and obviously hasn't even played that fourth game yet. He'll do that Monday night. Uh, I do really like Philip Lindsay. I think he's a dynamite running back for the Broncos. Got a nice combination of speed and power. I think he'll have a good game. And Emmanuel Sanders is still a really good player. Thomas, I think, is on the back end a little bit of his career. But here's the problem for the Jets uh, in this game. I just don't know that they can score. I, I really don't. They're going to need Keenan to throw picks. I'm going to take the Broncos. I think it's an ugly game. I think it's within a score. I think it's one of these games where if Darnold can make a couple of big plays, maybe the Jets find a way to pull it off. Uh, but I'll take Denver as the underdog. I don't think Denver should be an underdog in this game, even though it's on the road. And if they beat the Chiefs, I can almost guarantee you they will not be an underdog. Speaking of the Chiefs, again, of course, we don't know what they do week four yet, but they are 3-0. They are the AFC's lone undefeated team. And this is going to be a great game. I'm going to spend a few minutes on it. They are home to Jacksonville. The Chiefs right now minus three. That line will certainly move if they win. If they lose, it might stay right around the same. This, to me, is the best game of the weekend. Uh, and there are a few other contenders. It's a pretty good slate of games. But this game, to me, this is the one. Kansas City has played one home game to this point. When they did, they scored 35 points in the first half alone. They beat the Niners going away. They've also already beat the Chargers and the Steelers. Now, there have been a few constants with the Chiefs. The offense has been generationally good to this point, okay? They're averaging almost 40 points a game. Mahomes has 13 touchdowns and no picks. Uh, Kelsey's on pace for well over 1,000 yards. Hill's on pace for almost 1,600 yards. Watkins is close to being on a 1,000-yard pace. Hunt has three touchdowns over. The Chiefs, look, the line's really good. The Chiefs can score at will. But now they go against, in my opinion, the best defense in football. Boye and Ramsey on the outside. Gibson and Church trying to take away Kelsey. You got that great front with guys like Ngakwe and Campbell and, and, and Avery Jones, who nobody even knows about. Avery Jones is a terrific player. They've got Marcel Darius. The linebackers with Jack and with Telvin Smith, Look, they are stacked. The, the Jaguars do not have one bad player on that defense. They don't even have one average player. Jacksonville, across the board, is loaded. They're fast. They're physical. They fly to the ball. They are going to be a very interesting matchup. Here's the question I have in this game. Is the other matchup. Bortles against the Chiefs defense. Whoever wins that matchup is winning this game. If the Chiefs let Bortles go up and down the field, they're losing. Okay, now Fournette had to leave Sunday's game with a hamstring. He has been dealing with that all year long. He left week one against the Giants with that. He missed week two. He comes back. Now he's hurt again. Look, I don't know what's going to happen here with Fournette if he's going to miss week five. I have no idea how severe it is. We just don't know yet. Uh, but I wouldn't be shocked if Jacksonville gave him a week off because they're trying to get this thing right. Regardless, 
Bortles against the Jets, 29-38 for 388 and a couple of touchdowns. He had some big balls down the field. Dante Moncrief, a 67-yarder. He had TJ Yeldon, 31 yards. Here's the thing with the Chiefs defense. The Chiefs defense has some players on it. Justin Houston, he's having a good year. D. Ford, he's playing very well. Maybe the best football of his career. The corners haven't been bad. Kendall Fuller is a good player, very good player. Steven Nelson is a solid corner. Okay, Orlando Skandrick has been solid for them. The problem has been the Chiefs linebackers in coverage are horrendous, and their safeties are no better. With Barry out, with Dan Sorensen out, it's going to be a jack ball trade to the Chiefs and move those guys around. They're very versatile chess pieces. Without those guys, the Chiefs can't cover anybody, anybody in the middle of the field. The Chiefs can take away your receivers. But they struggle with tight ends, they struggle with backs. Look for Yeldon and Corey Grant, that very big game, if they can get going. Uh, that's how I think Jacksonville moves the ball. I don't think Jacksonville is going to run for a ton of yardage against Kansas City. I don't expect Bortles to be hitting D.D. Westbrook and Dante Moncrief day and night. But I think this game comes down to can Bortles and that offense do enough. Now, even as good as Jacksonville's defense is, I think the Chiefs are going to score some points. They're at home in the game. The Chiefs simply have too many weapons. At some point in the game, there's going to be a play where Mahomes makes it. No other quarterback outside of maybe Rodgers and Luck could make. At least that's what we've seen so far. Uh, I think the Chiefs win the game. I think it's a very close game. If it was in Jacksonville, I would take Jacksonville. My reasoning is I think Bortles against Kansas City will make a mistake or two. He typically does, even today against the Jets, into a pick. If you turn the ball over against Kansas City with that offense, it's a death sentence. You are not going to be see, to me, and of course we haven't seen the Chiefs lose yet. But the way to beat the Chiefs is to get ahead of them early, be able to run the ball, control the sticks. Jacksonville is going to have a problem doing that because Bortles just is not an explosive player normally. Now he's had a couple of good games this year. He's also had a couple of terrible games. Okay, he's an alternating them, which isn't good news for Jacksonville because he's due for a terrible one. But I think Kansas City finds a way at home to win the game. Wouldn't be shocked either way. It's a really good game. And I wouldn't be shocked if we see this game as a rematch in the AFC Championship. Really wouldn't. Whoever wins this game might host the AFC title game down the line. Now, of course, New England's going to have a lot to say about that as well. But it's possible. Um, But give me Kansas City, provided there are no big injuries week four. I think the Chiefs right now, with that offense, until they are slowed down, I'm going to continue to pick them. Uh, but I think Jacksonville is their stiffest test to this point by a by a mile, by a wide margin. So another game we got going on that is going to be very interesting. Two offenses that are going to score a ton and two defenses that can't stop anybody. Pittsburgh at home to the Falcons. The Falcons are one and three. The Falcons, a lot of injuries. Okay, Deion, uh, Deion Jones, rather, excuse me, he's out. Cardo Allen, done for the year. Keanu Neal, both their safeties, done for the year. Tack McKinley's been in the lineup. He's healthy. Now, Pittsburgh is minus four, okay? But again, game going on right now against Baltimore. They're approaching halftime. Pittsburgh actually just scored. Uh, so that game is, is anybody's guess who's going to win. Uh, but Pittsburgh is a four-point favorite. This is interesting from the standpoint, Atlanta's got to win of the season's over. Straight up. You're one and three. You just lost in the last seconds to Andy Dalton and the Bengals. But I'm going to take Pittsburgh. And I'm not even high on Pittsburgh. I don't think Pittsburgh's making the playoffs. I don't think Pittsburgh's that good. Okay? They're, they're terrific offensively. I think their defense is, is well below average. Um, and that's that's what scares me if I'm a Steelers fan. So I, they, they're going to get into so many shits this year. They're, they're bound to lose something. And, that, and that, that division's a lot better than it once was. 
The Falcons, though, at, at, you just look at it and say, I don't know if they can stop Pittsburgh. And Pittsburgh's always a much better team at home. Look, Cincinnati went for almost 450 yards worth of offense in this game. Uh, Dalton threw for 337 yards, three touchdowns, one pick. Matt Ryan has been phenomenal this year. He threw for 419 yards on Sunday with three touchdowns, no picks. Jones goes for nine catches, 173 yards. Ridley has two touchdowns. Mohamed Sanu has six catches, 111 yards. They're at home, and they lost. And I think that's kind of where we are at the Falcons. As talented as they are, they've got a ton of injuries. Their defense is decimated. I think Pittsburgh wins this game in some ridiculous fashion, 42-38. to 38. I would actually take Atlanta to cover. I think it's going to be a wild game that goes down to the end. But Pittsburgh, they, if nothing else, they're going to put up a lot of points. And at home, I just I trust them to win the game. The games in Atlanta, I would expect Roethlisberger to have one of these 20-35 you know, with two picks. and You don't know what's wrong. And then they have this real weird week where there's a ton of animosity in the locker room. But I think they'll win. Uh, look, Pittsburgh is a very dangerous team when they're right. The problem with Pittsburgh is they're very unpredictable because they're very volatile. You never know what you're getting. And in the playoffs, that's why if you're playing, you're scared to death of them. Because they can just have a game where they put it on you. They can also have a game like they had last year against Jackson in the playoffs where they're just brutal. They're turning the ball over. They have no idea what the, ne- what the next guy is going to do. But give me Pittsburgh and what I expect to be a shootout. I think it's a good game. I think it's an interesting game. I think it's a fun game. A really fun game. Uh, but I, I think Pittsburgh finds a way to win at home over Atlanta. Another 1 o'clock kick, Green Bay at Detroit. Green Bay, one-point favorite. Now, Green Bay, of course, had a weird year. Aaron Rodgers is dealing with a leg injury. There's no question about that. He's been ambling around on it. He's been able to put up enough points for them to win. However, after the game against Buffalo, they won 22 to nothing. He was very critical of the play calling. He was not happy with the way that they've been going about things offensively. Randall Cobb was hurt for the game. Uh, but they, they didn't really light the Bills up probably the way they wanted to with only 22 points in the game. Here's the, the rub, though. Detroit has talent, but it never matters. Stafford's a really good quarterback, and they've got a trio of excellent receivers. They've got good offensive linemen, and I think Carrion Johnson's a good running back. That defense has players. Darius Slay... Clover Quinn, and, and it never matters. They just perpetually underachieved. They lost at Dallas today in a game I watched a ton of. And you know what? Detroit's got nobody to blame themselves. They couldn't stop Elliott when they had to. They couldn't make a play when they had to defensively. Give 26 points to an offense that can't score at all. Prescott made it look easy on them. Give me Green Bay in this game. I don't care that it's at Detroit. I don't care that Rodgers is pissed off at McCarthy and he's not happy with the play calls. None of it matters. Because ultimately, Green Bay is just a better team. And I expect the Packers to find a way to win this game. Detroit's 1-3. They're playing for their lives. But I I don't think it makes really that much of a difference. Rodgers is just the best player on that field. And the Packers have a better roster. I think they get to 3-1-1 on the year. They know what they're playing for, too. they got to keep winning because this division's not easy anymore. Uh, the Bears, who we're not going to touch on too much here because they're on a bye, but the Bears are legitimately pretty good. Okay, the defense is excellent. 
it was nice of the Raiders to donate Khalil Mack, who's the runaway defensive player of the year right now. Um, Introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra. Its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. With cord-out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick-dry padding is Under Armour's fastest-drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before, you need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com. The, the Bears just put it on Tampa. 48-10 was never a contest. They're 3-1 and one right now. Now, Green Bay did beat them. Had that crazy comeback week one. But that's going to be the... The sticking point here for Green Bay. Green Bay has got to keep winning because Minnesota is going to come out of it, and Chicago is, is not going away. Chicago's not finishing this year, six and ten. Okay, let's keep that in mind. But I think Green Bay gets the job done. Cincinnati home to the Dolphins, five and a half point favorite. I'll make this short and sweet. I think the Bengals are going to kill the Dolphins. The Bengals can play. The Bengals are a good team. I don't think the Bengals are a great team, and and the coach quarterback combination scares me off come January. I don't trust them. Marvin Lewis, to me, he's always one decision away from sinking the ship. And Dalton is always one bonehead throw away from doing the same. But they're talented. Tyler Boyd's a good receiver. A.J. Green is the best, most underrated receiver in the league. And by the way, he's the most underrated. He's not the best receiver in the league, but he's top five. He's the most underrated. John Ross is playing like a former number one pick. He's finally showing up. The Bengals can play. I think at their worst, look, the offensive line's not great. Defensively, I do think you can do some things against them. You can throw the ball on them a little bit. But the Bengals are a good team. Miami's fool's gold. I felt that way before the New England game. I thought they'd play them tougher. I did think they would lose. I did pick New England. Uh, the, the, the problem with Miami is, again, who do you trust on that team against a good team to make a play? So Ryan Tannehill? Is it Kenyon Drake? Is it Danny Amendola? Is it Albert Wilson? Devontae Parker? Kenny Stills? Who, who is it? I don't know. And I don't think they know. And I'd say the same thing about them defensively. Who's the guy in that team that's going to make the big player? Rashad Jones, an excellent safety. But they don't have anybody who's a great player. They don't have anybody on that roster. He's, he's a great player. They have too many holes. I don't trust them. They beat the Titans in a sloppy game. They beat the Raiders. They beat the Jets. The Bengals are significantly better than all those teams. Uh, give me the Bengals. I don't care. Five and a half. They can make it nine and a half. I would take the Bengals. I think the Bengals roll in that game. I don't think it's particularly close. Go to the late window, and it's the Chargers at home against the Raiders. Look, the, the Chargers are favored by six points in the game. And here's what you know. That game's in L.A., and it's going to be a home game for the Raiders. It's going to be be 90% Raiders fans. The Chargers are the better team. They played an ugly game I alluded to at the beginning of the show, 29-27. And the Chargers have just got to be better. Uh, You know, at some point here, if they want to be taken seriously as a Super Bowl contender, they got to just play better. And Beathard's out here, 298 yards, a couple touchdowns. He threw two picks, although one of them was in and out of the hands of of a receiver in the red zone. It, it should have been second and goal. It turns out it's a first and goal for the Chargers, 94 yards in their direction. The Chargers are running the ball well. 
Rivers had an okay game against the Niners, but he's a terrific player. You don't have to worry about him. He had 250, three touchdowns on 39 attempts. He had a pick as well as pick six. Okay, look, the, the problem with the Chargers at some point, you got to blow teams like the Niners out. And that's not any disrespect to the Niners, but look, let's be real. They don't have Jimmy Garoppolo. They're missing a lot of guys. Marquis Goodwin's still coming back from that hammy, even though he played. Like, at some juncture, if you're the Chargers, you got to just put the hammer down on somebody and beat him 30-3. to You know, they, they blew out the Bills to an extent. They let him back in the third quarter. They lost the Rams. They, they get beaten up by the Chiefs at home. I, I don't know what to make of the Chargers. Talent-wise, they should beat almost every team they play in the league, but they never do. They're always a mess on special teams. Uh, now, all that said... The pick against them would mean I have to pick the Raiders. I picked the Raiders to beat the Browns. Of course, it took the Raiders three quarters to wake up. They scored 21 points in the fourth quarter. And frankly, I think it was much on Cleveland as it was on Oakland winning that game. The Raiders really had no right winning that game. But were able to do so. Give them credit. Carr, 437 yards, four touchdowns. He did throw a couple picks. Marshawn Lynch, though, was the, was the man. 20 carries, 130 yards. He was a beast. Uh, give him a lot of credit. I don't know which way to go in this game. I'm going to take the Chargers simply because I just think they're more talented. And I think the Raiders, as much as the Chargers, they also find ways to beat themselves. They turn the ball over. I don't trust Gruden. But, you know, this is the kind of game the Chargers better win if they're going to be a Super Bowl-type team, an AFC West challenger. Because the Chiefs are 3-0 and already beat them in L.A. And if Kansas City beats Denver... Okay, if that holds or the favorite, if they win that game, the Chiefs are two up on Denver and L.A. They'd be three up on the Raiders. Like, you don't have a whole lot of wiggle room here. With that offense, the Chiefs aren't losing seven games this year. So you got to get moving through the Chargers. The Raiders, look, I'm sorry. I can't be that impressed with the win. They beat Cleveland. It took 45 points at home to do it. Now, I give them credit. They came back. They found the way. But... Let's call it what it is. It was an ugly game. If you're the Raiders, you're going to score 45 points to beat the Browns at home. The Browns are improved, but come on now. Uh, so give me the Chargers. Give me the Raiders to cover, though, no question. I don't. Even, I think it's a very close game. Wouldn't be shocked if the Raiders won. It's basically a home game for them. But I will take the Chargers because I think they know they have to keep winning. And frankly, I don't think the Raiders are going to keep up with them. This next game, to me, we'll spend two seconds on. The Niners, they, they play the Cardinals in San Francisco. There's no line on the game. Uh, probably waiting to see what the quarterback situation is for both sides. The Cardinals are the last team in the league not to have a win. Uh, I don't think they get one here. The Cardinals are terrible. The Cardinals are really, really bad. Uh, they've played a couple of close games. They've lost, obviously. They've lost the ball. Rosen, 15-27 in his first start. 180 yards, he threw a touchdown. Look, Rosen was fine. It wasn't the reason they lost. Uh, they, they lost uh, by and large because they just simply can't make big plays. They have no explosiveness. David Johnson's their only hope of, of breaking off a big play. Larry Fitzgerald, like, first battle Hall of Famer, a wonderful player. But at this point in his career, he's not breaking off too many 150-yard games. Okay? Uh, they were led in receiving by Ricky Seals-Jones. That's pretty much all you need to know. I think the Cardinals go down in the game. I think it's ugly. I don't really think it matters. Look, the Niners are not going anywhere with C.J. Beathard. The Cardinals, they're going to be picking 
one, maybe two in the draft this year. Uh, they're just not good. They just they don't have the talent to compete. Uh, and and so I think ultimately, look, they got some players defensively, Patrick Peterson, Trey Boston, but you know, Chandler Chandler Jones, of course, they just don't have enough. And offensively, they're hideous. So I'll I'll take the Niners in a game that is probably going to offend a few of the senses. Uh, one game that should be very good. Very good. Philadelphia hosting Minnesota. Both of these teams are very talented. Of course, last year they met in the NFC title game and the, the Eagles handled their business. The problem with both teams so far is they haven't played well. The talent's there, no question. But both of these teams have left a lot to be desired. Like Philadelphia's coming off a very bad loss to Tennessee. They're 14 points second half, couldn't, couldn't close. Minnesota lost 38-31 against the Rams. Now, Minnesota did not play poorly in that game. The Rams are just an absolutely absurd football team. Cousins threw for 422 and three touchdowns. Thielen and Diggs each went over a buck 20. Thielen had a touchdown. They combined for 19 catches and 258 yards worth of receiving yards. But it didn't matter because the Rams threw for 465 yards, ran for an even 120 carries, and Cooper Cup, Brandon Cooks, Robert was all in over 100 yards receiving. Gurley had 73 yards receiving through this 83 yards rushing. The bigger concern for me right now is Minnesota's defense is not good, and it should be. It should be a very good unit, and it's not been. They've, they've not played well. The last three weeks, they've been a mess. Green Bay lit them up. Okay, understandable. Lambeau, fine. The Bills, they lit them up. And then the Rams come out. And the Rams have a very good team, but my God, you've given up almost 600 yards of offense. There's a problem, okay? The Vikings are not playing particularly well. Uh, and this is this is a gut check. The Vikings lose this game. They're 1-3-1 and one in a very, very good conference. Like You're all of a sudden starting to talk about they're going to miss the playoffs. Philly, on the other hand, is at home, and they are 2-2, two and two, and they look very pedestrian. Very pedestrian. Uh, Foles, everybody said, well, when he gets out of there and Wentz gets back in, they'll, they'll rectify it. Yeah, well, eh, maybe not so much. Wentz threw for 348 yards against Tennessee, two touchdowns. They, they ran for 117 yards, 5.3 yards a carry. I mean, you'd think that would get the job done. The problem is, is it didn't. Tennessee was able to come back. The defense couldn't hold up. Uh, look, Philadelphia right now, it's a, it's just, if it's not one thing, it's the next, right? They played well against Atlanta, but the offense didn't click. The defense really won that game for them, especially in the red zone. They beat the Colts, but it, it took a last-ditch effort to do it at home. They got beaten up pretty good by the Buccaneers, who, as I think we're starting to find out, are not maybe as good as we thought. Okay, the Buccaneers are struggling pretty mightily. Then they lose to Tennessee. This is a tough game to pick. This is a very tough game to pick because both teams need it. Vikings coming off that long rest. Philadelphia at home. I'm going to take Philly in the game. Mostly, in fact, frankly, entirely because they're at home. I think it's a total coin flip in the game. I think either one of them can win. If it was in Minnesota, I think Minnesota. But I, I like Philly's defense. I think at this point knows what it is a little bit more than Minnesota's. Minnesota's just been struggling in all areas. They've not played well against the run. They've not played well against the pass. Uh, and, and Minnesota, to me, still trying to find themselves a little bit. Where I think is Philadelphia, while they're certainly trying to find themselves, they know who they are. They're Super Bowl champ. They'll figure it out. And I would bet on them at home in a tight game to win.
game we can get to quickly here. Houston at home against Dallas. Houston saved the season by beating uh, the Colts in that ridiculous game where Frank Wright decides to go for it on fourth down in his own territory. Didn't get it, obviously. Houston's a weird team. Houston has talent, but Houston has some major flaws. Flaws that against good teams are going to sink them. Look, Watson was good in the game, 29 for 42, 375, a couple touchdowns and a pick. Here's the problem. You sacked seven times, okay? And Luck threw for 464 yards against him with four touchdowns. Their secondary can't guard anybody. Houston secondary can't guard anybody, and they, they cannot block. They can't run the ball. They ran for 119 yards in the game. But they ran for 3.4 yards in attempt. And most of that's because Watson had 41 yards rushing. Other than that, Miller did nothing. Blue did nothing. Houston is very one-dimensional. They have to throw the ball on you. And they've got to hope they can get pressure up front with Clowney and Watt and Mercer's Because if they can't, it's over. There's nobody who can guard on the back end. Kevin Johnson's out with concussion issues. Jonathan Joseph's been in and out of the lineup. They're just, they're not good defensively. Now, the good news is for Houston, Dallas can't explain any of that. Because Dallas has no receivers. Dallas will get a pass rush. They'll, they'll bother Watson, but I think Houston wins the game. I just think ultimately it's it's just kind of a matchup thing. I think, yeah, the Cowboys will get some pressure, but Watson, he'll make some plays as he always does uh, to Hopkins and Fuller and Coutti. Fuller, by the way, hurt his hamstring. We'll see if he plays. Give me Houston in that game to get to two and three, to keep building momentum back. And I believe after that they play the Bills the following week. So maybe Houston coming back. Just catching it in the nick of time here. Another game, it's got, and by the way, that is a Sunday night game. I missed one game. i got to go back to the 4 o'clock window. The Houston-Dallas game, Sunday night football. The Rams at the Seahawks. Rams here by 7.5. No reason to go too in-depth here. I think the Rams smoke Seattle. Smoke them. In fact, I'll actually touch on two talking points that aren't really about this matchup as much as they are about these teams. The Rams are the best team in football, bar none. The Rams are really good. Really, really good. Like, could be a great team. And we look back on it and say, wow, that was something. Goff is a terrific quarterback. McVay is the best up-and-coming coach in football that we've had in some time. Their defense is stacked. The linebackers are not good, but the rest of it is loaded. Okay, that line up front with Sue and Donald and Brockers, forget it. Forget it. They're going to get pressure whenever they want. Wade Phillips is an excellent coordinator. The Rams are just going to put it on teams. Offensively, they've got a million weapons and they've got a mastermind uh, running, the, you know, pulling the puppet strings. They are just going to beat up on bad teams. And man, is Seattle a bad team. Seattle's two and two, but they are not a good two and two. They, they, you watch them. They beat Dallas at home. They barely beat Arizona. Will Disley, their tight end, who is kind of a young budding star for them. Maybe that's a little bit too strong of a term, but played really well for them early on. Looks like he tore his patella tendon. He'd be out for the year if that's the case. Earl Thomas, and this is the point I want to touch on with Seattle. Look, Earl Thomas, he is the storyline for the Seahawks this year. Seattle lost a lot of guys in the offseason. You go on down the line. Sheldon Richardson, Paul Richardson, Jimmy Graham, Richardson. <laughs> Aw, you didn't have to go so all out for my birthday. Yes, we did. Because birthdays are about showing your friends how much you care for them and how grateful you are for their... This is Jamie from Progressive. No, this is a great time. Progressive protects you 24-7. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry that happened. <clears throat> Jamie. Can you hold on one second? 
Uh, I gotta take this call, but remember, birthdays are about togetherness. Contact us 24-7 on the phone, online, or on the mobile app. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Covered subject to policy terms. Sherman, Cam Chancellor, Cliff Abel, Michael Bennett. What goes on and on? Earl Thomas is entering the last year of his four-year, $40 million contract. Held out all offseason. Held out to camp. Wanted to get paid. Never got paid. Showed up. And now fractures his leg and he's on injured reserve. And on the way off the field in Arizona, gave the middle finger to the Seahawks bench and looked to be toward P. Carroll. It's a shame what's gone on with Earl Thomas. For anybody who says that these guys should shut up and get on the field, you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, they're rich. And they live a great lifestyle, a lot of them. But a lot of these guys, and I'm not saying Earl Thompson in particular, but just a lot of these guys, they grew up with nothing. And they're making it not only for themselves, but in a lot of cases, their families. And this whole notion that they should play through injury and it doesn't matter and I want to see my guy out on the field, well, that's an ignorant take. Earl Thomas might have very well cost himself a lot of money by coming back and playing. Unlike Le'Veon Bell, who's sitting there and he's just, Okay, I'll give up some money, but I'm going to make it back on the back end because I'm going to be healthy. Earl Thomas was going to be traded, I'm sure, at some point. A lot of people thought Kansas City, maybe Dallas. Now he's not going anywhere. And you know what? I really blame Seahawks management on this. You had one of the more valuable assets in the league. He's 29 years old. He's a five-time All-Pro. He is a great player. I mean, he is a first battle Hall of Famer. They could have traded him, according to multiple reports, for a second-round pick. They wanted two second-round picks. Well, now you're getting nothing. And Seattle already doesn't have all of its full full complement of picks to begin with next year. Because they've been so busy trading and trading and trading and trading. Well, guess what? Now you have nothing. You have a hurt Earl Thomas, who's not going to contribute at all the rest of the year. She's not coming back. You, You have a team that you're lucky if you win six games with. And now you have no second round pick. And you know what? Let's say you trade him to the Chiefs. The Chiefs have two second rounds. They have theirs and the Rams. Those might be the last two picks in the second round, the way those two teams look. But it's still a second round pick. It's still, even if it was the last pick in the second round, it's still a top 65 pick. I'm looking at Seattle's roster. You don't think they could use that? They could use it anywhere on the field except for quarterback and middle linebacker. It was, it was a terrible job by John Schneider. It should have been traded weeks ago. They should have gotten a second round pick or they could have gotten it. And they didn't take it. And now they're up the creek. The Rams, seven and a half. They are going to smoke Seattle. Seattle's looking at that game just at 20 points. The Monday night game, New Orleans, home to Washington. Washington coming off the bye. They're two and one. They're leading the NFC East. The Saints, a touchdown favorite in the game. Look, the Saints started out slow, just like last year. Okay, my esteemed colleague and co-host of Stacking the Box here, Josh Hill, always talks about that. Saints 0-2 last year. Then all of a sudden, things got rolling. Next thing you know, 11-5, NFC South champ, looking like a Super Bowl contender. Well, guess what? Lost first game to the Bucs, sweeped by the Browns, and then decided to roast the next two teams on the, on the docket. Okay, They just beat the Giants 33-18. They look great. They, they beat the Falcons 43-37 in overtime last week. The Saints, I like a lot in this game. At home, I, I even swallow the points here. I think the Saints win uh, by a considerable. You know, actually, I think I think Washington will cover barely. I was going to say maybe a ten point game, but I actually Washington backdoor cover. 
I think New Orleans wins the game, though. Breeze, uh, and I don't have the exact number in front of me. Yeah, maybe I do. Breeze needs 201 passing yards to set the all-time career passing yardage mark held by Peyton Manning. Manning is 71-940. Breeze is going to shatter that when he's all set and done. Breeze is the most underrated superstar in the history of the NFL. And boy, does he have a lot of talent around him right now to help him make another charge at the Super Bowl. Kamara's tremendous. Michael Thomas is a great receiver. The defense is, is rounding into form. I think it's got a lot of talent. I think it gets there. I think Washington's better than I thought at the beginning of the year. Look, Alex Smith does always play winning football. And to be fair, we've, we've seen some glimpses from Adrian Peterson. I, I don't think that's going to last, but he's been okay to this point. The defense has been solid, but I think going into the Superdome on a Monday night, it's a tough spot. Wouldn't pick a lot of teams to win there. In fact, maybe the only team I'd pick to win there is the Rams, and I don't even know if I'd pick them. It's a tough spot. Just give me the Saints to win the game. And those are our 15 games of Week 5. Unbelievably already going into Week 5. Please, if you haven't already... Please go to iTunes and subscribe to Stack in the Box. Josh and I put in a ton of work into this stuff, and we love doing it. And we love interacting with all our listeners. Follow uh, Josh and I on Twitter. Heck, just send us an email. Uh, you know, it's it's our first name, you know, matt.verteram at pantside.com, and obviously the same template for Josh. We love to hear from you guys, and sometimes we do. It's a lot of fun. Uh, we always welcome feedback, good, bad, otherwise. Uh, but please go to iTunes, subscribe, give it a like, give it a, give it a comment, give it a rating. Um, we're really proud of the way Stacking the Box has grown. And it, it's really turned into something that we really cherish. Uh, my column, Stacking the Box, the written version, comes out every single Monday at 6 a.m. Eastern. Uh, and it covers the whole league. It covers all the teams, you know, lead column, power rankings, random stat, history lesson, parting shot, things we've learned, quotable, you name It's all in there. Uh, love doing it. It's my favorite thing to write every week, and it's in there. So please give that a read. Um, always a lively comment section, too. So if you're at work and you need something to do, go ahead. Maybe, you know, make, a, make an account and, and comment away. And, of course, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention our great partners at Fanatics. Fanatics has you covered for all your fan needs. Gear from hats to socks to jerseys to shirts, to pants, you name it. Fanside, uh, excuse me, Fanatics has it. Uh, and if you go to fanside.fanatics.com, uh, you can get all that gear, 20% off of shipping uh, when you use the code Fanside. Uh, and, and really, genuinely check it out. They have everything you could ever ask for as a fan. So with that all being said, while we miss Josh Hill, hopefully just hearing my voice wasn't too boring, uh, he'll be back next week. Uh, it be Josh and I again. Uh, covering it all. And of course, uh, the last note, check us out on Tuesday afternoons, 12.30 Eastern time. We're on the fan-sided Facebook page. Go live at 12.30 Eastern. It's Hill and I with Mark Carmen and Ashley Young. Uh, and we talk all things NFL. And on Sunday mornings, we, the four of us do an hour-long uh, pregame show we pick all the games. We break them all down. It's a lot of fun. We have a good time doing it. It's fun, but it's serious. Um, but again, I'll end it there. Thank you so much for listening. Really hope you enjoyed. And Josh and I will be back to talk all things NFL week 
5 next Sunday night. Until then, have a great week. At Progressive, you can get 24-7 protection, even if you break the space-time continuum. We did it. We time-traveled to yesterday. Wait, Progressive covers us 24-7, but we just created an eight-day week, and it's 24-7 coverage, not 24-8. We gotta go back. Are you joking right now? Shh, I'm calling them. Hi, I have a question about time travel. Progressive offers more than a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, which literally means anytime. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations.